In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So would you please do me a favor? Can you go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie? That's J-A-M-I-E, podsurvey.com slash Jamie, and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. You guys, you can buy a lot of great things on Amazon for $100. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's pod, P-O-D, survey.com slash Jamie, J-A-M-I-E. Guys, thanks for your help. Go to podsurvey.com slash Jamie. Hey guys, and welcome to the happy hour. My name is Jamie Ivy, and I'm your host every week. And each week, the happy hour podcast consists of me inviting a girlfriend to join me on the show. And we just chat about whatever's going on in her life or my life. And it is literally as if her and I showed up at a happy hour and we invited you with us. Today's podcast is brought to you by Slum Love Sweater Company. Slum Love's mission is to provide quality, stylish clothing that is also making a difference in the world. Slum Love employs women who live in one of the world's largest slums located in Nairobi, Kenya. They are paid fair wages, treated with respect, and given the resources they need to provide for themselves and their families. But it doesn't stop there. Slum Love takes a portion from every sale and helps provide high school scholarships for children living in the slum. The goal of Slum Love is to give people an opportunity to help change lives through their everyday purchases. When you buy from Slum Love, you can know that you are truly making a difference. I personally have two Slum Love sweaters and love them. Go check them out at slumlove.com. Today's guest on my show is my friend Erin McPherson. She's an author and a speaker, and she has a podcast with her friend Kathy Lip. And we talked a lot about the movie Fifty Shades of Grey that was just released recently in the last month. And Erin and her friend Kathy, they wrote a book that releases in the fall of this year, and it's called Hot Mama. But basically, they also were releasing a couple of short ebooks coming up to it, and they just released one in February called 10 Ideas to Inspire Red Hot Sex, a Hot Mama Challenge. And it's actually 99 cents on Kindle right now, so it's a great deal for you to get. We talk a lot about our views on this movie. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope you understand where we're coming from. We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Connect with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. I want to say thanks to all of you guys that have left ratings or reviews over at iTunes. It really does help people find our show, and when more people find our show, we can reach a better audience. So I want to say thank you to Leslie, who left a comment over on iTunes. She said, I subscribe to a lot of podcasts to listen to while I drive, do housework, or work out. The happy hour is one of my favorites. I really love the balance of serious and silly. I feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired after I listen. Fun fact, I was in the same session on foster care as you and Maris at the Together for Adoption in 2009. My husband and I had just become engaged, and that weekend we decided to begin our family with foster care adoption. We are now the parents of three teen boys that we adopted via foster care and one little girl who came as a biological surprise, and we are in the adoption process. I love the episode with Maris because I could relate to so much what she was saying. Leslie, thanks so much for leaving that comment. And the episode with Maris and Becca, we talked a lot about foster care. So if you're interested in that, go back and find it. Guys, thanks for listening, and here is my friend Erin. Erin, thanks for coming on the happy hour with me. I'm so excited to be here. This is super fun because you're a podcaster, like you do a podcast. And so I always feel a little bit kind of like, you know, like, oh, I hope I do it well with you on because you do this every week. 
I do do it every week, but I have to say I've listened to yours before, and I sometimes listen to yours for ideas because you do such a good job of, you know, chatting with people. So You're so sweet. I do, like, I always say that whenever it's, like, podcast interview day, I try to do that, like, twice a month and just bust them out, like, a lot in one day. It's my favorite day because I feel like I just got to hang out with a bunch of friends. I agree. When we do, we have, you know, we do the same thing. We'll do, like, six recordings in a day, and I leave the day so inspired. I feel like I've talked to so many people about so many cool topics. I know. And then I know that you don't edit y'all's because y'all have someone that does it for you. But on the days that I have to edit, I do get to feel like I have the same conversation all over again because I listen to it. But it's also draining because I'm like, I don't get to talk to you. I just get to listen to us. Um, But I get to have the same conversation twice. So that's fun, I guess. Yes. But you're right. The talking is the most fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So welcome to my show. So fun. We have met twice now. Yes, we, we have. Both. At a party, and then we just went out to lunch, which was so fun. That was great. We met at a party. and When was that? In the summer? Maybe? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Maybe it was in the fall. Sometime. We met sometime, and then we went to Polvo's, one of my favorite Mexican restaurants here in Austin, last week. That was so good. Yes, that was delicious. I am going to take my husband back. Because he'll love it. I know, and I had the fish taco and the salsa. I, I think I could have eaten like seven of those. Oh, so good. What did I have? Oh, I had migas. I get, If I go to a Mexican restaurant here in Austin and I'm not like, I don't really want to spend time looking at the menu and I'm not really sure, I just always go for migas. It's like my safe place. Because I love eggs and I love tortillas and salsa, so it works. I yeah, I pretty much will eat anything in a Mexican restaurant. So, yes, I'm with you. Migas is perfect. It's a, it's a good, safe balance, you know. Except for here's the problem with Migas. I try to copy the recipes and make them at home, and I can never do as good. Yeah, that is a hard one, how they get those tortilla strips so crisp in there, and they don't ever get soggy. Like, that's a key to it right there. I know, and I don't understand. I, I read online. I Googled it. This is what I do with my free time. I Googled it, and I said... I am going to figure this out. And it's, you have to fry them in oil okay. for a couple seconds. Uh-huh. And then you put them in the eggs. And I tried it, and it didn't work. still didn't work. Those people at Google, sometimes they just don't know what they're talking about. Right. Well, it was probably user error. I mean, <laughs> most likely. It might have been the user error. We, you can go with that if you want. I wasn't going to say that, but since you owned it, Aaron, you can go with it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So Erin, tell everyone that's listening, like what you do. I know I met you last week for lunch and loved hearing everything you do, but tell everybody else, what do you do? Like everything I do? Well, you do um, a lot of fun stuff. I do do a lot of fun stuff. So I'm a writer. I love to write. And so I do marketing writing for various companies. I'm working with, you know, Gatorade and UNICEF and a lot of big marketing companies, but then I also write books in my spare time. In your spare when I'm not with my kids, in my spare time. And I, I like to write books. Like, to me, like, if I was stuck behind a computer for two weeks straight and nobody talked to me and all I, people just brought me coffee, that would be my ideal world. That is so funny. You told me that last week, and I just thought, I think I would die. Right. I, I know so many people think that, and I just, I'm so geeky. Like, writing like writing a novel and just, like, sitting behind a computer and doing it would be, like, my dream. Oh, I would die. A slow, a very slow death. See, that's why God gives us all sorts of different talents. That's exactly right. Like, here's an example right now, Aaron. As we speak, my Aaron, my husband, he went away. Um, I guess he left. He left yesterday morning at like 3 in the morning, and he drove to West Texas. This is like his thing. That's where he goes to like solitude, get away, write, re-get his life back together. Not get his life back together, but you know what I mean. So he left, and he's going to be there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and he's working on – he's writing, 
and he's just going to be alone in a room for three days writing. See, I would like that. I don't think I'd like the driving to West Texas part. Yeah, he likes that too. I know. But, um, yes, I, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty antisocial, which is a horrible, horrible thing. And I can't believe I'm admitting that on the air, but I think I'm going to be just fine. <laughs> See, okay, you could take me away to write for three days if I was at a resort. And about every two hours, a nice person brought me chips and salsa, or then we went for a swim in the pool. And then I wrote a little bit. That would be it for me. But that's not right. You know, I'm like, with you, you on the chips and salsa thing, though. Like, when I, I sometimes go to a hotel to write, and... I like just bring a big bag of chips and a big bag of salsa, and that's all I eat. And I'm like, this is the most unhealthy thing ever, but it's so awesome. But you're busting out words. Like, you're just on it. There you go. I know. And I think it's the chips and salsa. We'll give them credit, right? I think that we should because other people in the world don't know about this, but they need to know what chips and salsa. It can change your life. Yeah, I might add a margarita to it sometimes because I feel like, you know, a little margarita and chips and salsa and you can really get some good writing done. I think I'm going to have to take one of these writing trips that you're describing right now pretty soon. <laughs> see, I have the right kind of writing trip. Now you see why I like it. Now, now, now what you're describing, I can do this. I could do this. Especially if it was on a beach. Okay, I could do beach. As long as there's, like, not a lot of glare off my screen. Beach, margarita, chips, salsa, we can do it. Sun. Waves coming in. I, I, I am writing a book right now on the beach in my head. This is awesome. Okay. So now I've just inspired a whole bunch of people to become writers. Yes. Because that's the life that we could live right there. <laughs> right. Um, and make millions of dollars doing it too, right? Right. Isn't that what – don't you authors make millions of dollars? Isn't that what I hear? I think it's like trillions, right? Oh, okay, good. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what's your newest book coming out? Dun, dun, dun. I can't dun, wait. Dun, dun. I know. Like you, you were going to ask that to me right now, so I have to say it. Um – it's about sex, and it's actually a series, and it is written for moms, Christian moms, about just how you can have this like healthy, fulfilling, intimate relationship with your husband. And it's a little bit provocative. I'm having like I'm going back and forth between I really believe in this and this is really awesome, and I can't wait for people to read it. To oh my gosh, my mother-in-law is reading this. Oh yes, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> So when you say provocative, I am, like, if, if people know me, and I can't believe I'm going to say this on air either, um, I, oh my gosh, like, I'm getting nervous, Erin. What's that? I know. Right now? I'm getting nervous. Um, I am not the typical 36-year-old woman that dreads that time in bed with her husband. That's not me. I enjoy it. So there you go. I just said that. But I'm getting a little nervous about what you, what do you mean provocative? You know, we really wanted to, we feel like a lot of the sex books out there are either written by 60-year-old men who really have no idea what a 36-year-old woman is feeling. But we also feel like they are written with exactly what you just said. They're written with the assumption that women use sex as a chore. It's something that they feel like they need to do. Um, you know, their husbands want, and so they're willing to do it. And we just kind of want to say, hey, it's okay as women for us to like sex with our husbands. Mm -hmm. It's okay for us as women to seek it. It's okay for us as women to talk about it with our friends as long as it's uplifting and respectful and all those things. Mm -hmm. And we kind of want to break some of those barriers. And I feel like we've done that with the book, but it's also a little scary because I know that there will be a lot of women who are a little bit upset by it. What's going to upset them? You know, the backlash I've gotten is just, you know, Christians don't talk about sex. And oh, one, of the thing, okay. one of the things that um, we do say, like I said, is that it's okay to talk about sex with your friends, which um, we don't want it to be locker roomish, and we make that really clear. But um, I have some friends who 
I feel are my big, the biggest advocates for my marriage. And when I say I'm having the worst day, they say, you need to go home and call your husband and you need to put on something cute. And so while they're not like, we're not graphically talking about sex, we're encouraging each other's marriages. And we kind of want that to be kind of our culture in Christian circles where women not talking like a locker room, but are saying, hey, you need to pour into your marriage. And hey, sex can be fun. And hey, it's okay to enjoy that part of marriage. Mm -hmm. I definitely have a couple of girlfriends that I can text and talk about sex. And they're fine with it as well. And yeah, like I you said, do. I love them. They're my like they're my friends that I always know I can trust because I know, always know they're going to uplift my marriage. They're never going to say, you need to get away from him. He's a jerk. They're going to tell me, go to him. Turn to him. Pour into him. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait to read this. It's you know, fun. I think I've only read one book on sex and marriage in my life. And Are you I think, serious? Was it in premarital counseling? Well, I, I remember, okay, so this is funny. It was called um, Sheet Music. Oh, by Kevin Lehman. Yeah. Have you read it? I have. So that was years ago. I didn't have any kids. I think we were newly married. And here's the funny story. When Aaron and I first got married and then we moved to Nashville, his band, they traveled in an RV. And I was the only wife and no one had kids. And so I came along all the time with them. And I don't know why I was doing this. But I was reading that book on the bus with everyone around me. Like they didn't, I wasn't like, I'm like, Hey, listen to this part guys. But I was just reading it by myself, whatever, which is awkward now that I think about it. But then they found out what it was. And they, I just remember they gave me the hardest time about it. I was going to say, that was kind of brave of you. Yeah, well, I didn't, I wasn't thinking, I don't know, whatever. I was young. And, but that's the only book I've ever read, I think. Right. And I think a lot of women, the only book they've ever read on sex is usually during premarital counseling. I read one called Intended for Pleasure. And it was written again by like an older man who was a therapist. And while those books are good, I, I actually, I read sheet music. I enjoyed it. I think it was a good book. Um, I felt like it didn't really understand me and where I was coming from. And the book we've written, we worked really hard to come from the perspective of a woman. And we talked to a lot of women and, you know, kind of got to those places where women have the hardest time. I want to be on your um, research list next time you write a book like this. Okay, Erin? Okay, you can be. And you know what? Um, on our research list, we actually, so as part of this book, we actually have a paperback releasing in the fall, but as part of this book, we're releasing some mini ebooks beforehand. One of them just came out this week. And um, the ebooks are more like practical, they're kind of like challenges to spice up your sex life, basically. And um, I have friends who I made them try them out because I had to be able to write about them. Wait, so stop, stop, like, stop, 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 stop. Try out what? Try out the sex challenges. So I was literally like standing in line at school pickup and I was like, who wants to do a challenge? And my friends were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're saying this. But they did it. They gave me lots of good feedback. So you can just be assured that these challenges are tried and tested by women. Oh my gosh. If you have any more challenges, let me know. Well, the book came out and I'm going to send you a copy because it has 10 challenges in it and you can do all of them and tell me what you think. Can you just tell me like what one of the challenges is? Because we're, I'm curious, and I know if people are listening, is it a challenge like make your husband breakfast, or is it like do this in bed? What kind of challenges are you talking about? It's like do this in bed. Oh, my. So the idea of the book, this first book, it's a short ebook. I mean, you could read it in an hour. It's Aaron, really short. Y'all are so brave to write this. I'm nervous. Well, the reason we wanted to do it is because we were getting a lot. I'm going to get into something that may be a little bit too controversial for your podcast, but I'm just going to say it. Um, the whole idea for this book stemmed out of Fifty Shades for Grey. I know that's ridiculous and silly, but that's exactly what happened. My co-author, Kathy Lip, wrote a blog post about her feelings on Fifty Shades of Grey. 
and she had, you know, come out of a marriage that she had felt wasn't healthy for her, and she felt like a lot of times books like that could lead to unhealthy relationships. And she got a whole lot of backlash about how you must be prude, you must be vanilla, your love life must be boring. And she called me and she said, is it really like if you're not going with this like erotic S&M type sex stuff that your life is, your like sex life is vanilla? Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words, but yeah. I'm very passionate about this. So anyway, so when we wrote this book, we were basically like, hey, we have to show women that like you don't have to have this vanilla, boring, missionary Every Friday after every Friday after the kids go to bed, sex life right. to be respectful and honoring of God. Uh-huh. So yes, there are ten ideas in the book, and they are like what you should do in bed. But our whole point is is that these are fun and flirty ways to be with your husband that aren't boring. Got it. So hopefully you can you can edit that out if it's too controversial. It's not controversial at all. I recorded a podcast yesterday and I said the word boob like fifteen times. So we're just. Most, I don't think men listen to this show, honestly. Good thing. Why would a man ever listen to two women talking? That's like Aaron's worst nightmare. So no, men don't listen to this show. Except we're talking about sex. That is true. So they might see, you know, they might tune in for that, but that's dumb. Whatever. Um, Okay, so the ebook is out now, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes for those of you that are curious about it. Um, And then the book comes out when? So we have a second ebook coming out in May, a third ebook coming out in August, and then the book comes out in September. And all the ebooks are about sex or relationships and intimacy? Yes. So the first ebook is 10 Ideas to Inspire Red Hot Sex. The second one is um, it's called Fashion Challenges. Okay. So it's basically like throw out your old underwear and get cute ones, and here's how. I love that. And then the third one is um, Romantic Date Nights, and we tried to be a little bit creative to get things that maybe you hadn't thought of before. Oh, that's – I love all of these. They I are am, fun. I'm speaking this weekend uh, to a mops group on, they asked me to talk about sex and intimacy. So this is like on my brain right now. So I've got all this in my head. You know, um, I was listening to the podcast that you and Kathy do the other day. Yeah, the, the Hot Mama one? No, I haven't listened to any of those. I the, one, the last one I listened to was about decluttering. Okay. Okay, so, but it was, my point, it goes along with this because it was decluttering your bedroom. Oh, yeah. And I did – okay, so first of all, let me set this up by saying I'm not a hoarder, okay? Okay. But I always worry that we might need it later. Does that make sense? So Yeah. So Aaron thinks – like Aaron, my husband, he thinks if we haven't used it in about two months, throw it away. If we ever need it again, we'll just buy a new one. My thought is we haven't used it in five years, but what if we need it? Like what if we need this? So therefore, I save a lot of things. That's what I'm setting this up to be as. So when y'all did your declutter and it was in the bedroom and I was in this phase last week of, I made all these trips to Goodwill. I was so proud of myself, but then it got to the bedroom and y'all talked about decluttering your lingerie drawer. So y'all were talking about cleaning out your lingerie drawer and I don't buy lingerie because Aaron doesn't really seem to care if I have it or not. Right. And then they're just spending money on something that you don't use. Right. And so, but all that to say, I pulled out my wedding night lingerie and Aaron, I gave it away. I got rid of you it. You did? I did. I'm really proud of you. I have not been able to do that because it's hard. It was kind but... of sentimental. Um, but the truth of the matter is, it doesn't fit. <laughs> so why <laughs> Mine do I definitely doesn't it? fit anymore either. I mean, my boobs are so much floppier than they were back then. That... Everything changes. Oh, my yes. gosh. Yeah. So I get it. I'm proud of you. Good job. So see, I was decluttering. And I gave away something that to me is kind of sentimental, but it doesn't really matter in the big scheme of life. 
So exactly. Well, and Kathy always says on her, she has a book called Clutter Free, and we always talk on the podcast about when you've done that and you've decluttered any area of your life, you just have room for something else that's maybe more meaningful or maybe more helpful to where you are right now. Yeah. Or you just don't have as much stuff sitting around you. I mean, that's what I'm feeling like. We have this dresser in our bedroom that like two of the drawers don't even work. And then we have another dresser in our closet. So I'm like, if I could declutter, we could get rid of this dresser that's halfway broken and it wouldn't be sitting in our bedroom looking so gross. So that's my mission is to declutter enough that I completely get rid of a dresser. I think that sounds perfect. And I, I had, so I had some company come this weekend and um, I had my bedroom. I was letting them stay in my bedroom because I didn't want them staying upstairs with my kids because my kids are a disaster. And I was jamming stuff in the drawers like that was just sitting there out. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. And this is my master bedroom where I'm supposed to have this like intimate, calm peacefulness. And I, yeah. So you, where'd you and your husband stay? We just went up to my son's room. And you let them stay in your master bedroom? You are so nice. Well, the problem is, is I don't really have a guest room and I have a three-year-old that like, likes to surprise people by jumping in bed with them. And so I was like, I need my guests to have a lock. Oh, that's hilarious. Man, so, whenever not nice. we have guests, I never even think about giving them my room. You don't? No, well, do you, you have a good guest room? No, I don't, I don't have a guest room at all. That means they're sleeping in like a kid's room or back in the studio on a blow-up mattress. You're so nice. Well, it was also like, if it was like my mother-in-law, I let her sleep up with the kids. It yeah. just, it's, it was someone I didn't really know. So. Oh, okay. You're so nice. You're so nice. Um, did you go to IF this weekend? Did I see? I didn't go, but I did listen to some of it and it was amazing. It was really good. Yeah. It was a good time. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s, 
If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Okay, so I know some of the answer to this, but have you read Fifty Shades of Grey? You know ish. How's that for a good answer? I hadn't, and I'd written all these books about sex and intimacy, and my publisher was scheduling us for some big radio interviews this week as we launched our book series, mm-hmm. and some other big TV appearances in the next couple months, and they said they told us that we needed to read it, at least a good part of it, so we could understand what we were talking about. And it was kind of interesting because I prepared myself for erotica. I think that's what we're hearing out there. And is that what you've heard about it, right? Like you're, yeah. you would think it's like really erotic mm-hmm. and it probably is. I like spoiler. I put the book down before that part, yeah. but I was really shocked with what I read, which was interesting because I thought I knew what I was going to read. Right. So I picked up the book and I started reading it. I mean, this is a total spoiler of what the book's about, but who cares? Anyone, anyone has either read it by now or knows what it's about and, or they shouldn't read it anyway. So there you go. Yeah. That was kind of judgy of me. I didn't mean No, that, it just means they're probably not going to read it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, I read – at first it was just kind of a love story, and it was between like a 21-year-old virgin woman and a older, powerful billionaire man. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a weird love story because they both were kind of quirky, and I didn't really like either of them, but it wasn't horrible. I wasn't hating it, and I wasn't loving it. And then – she kind of makes a comment like, do you have a girlfriend? And he says, no, I don't do girlfriends. And she says, why? And he says, let me show you. And he takes her back to his house. And there's this room in it that's just full of like whips and canes and straps and cages. And she kind of was like, what's this for? Because she's a 21-year-old innocent college student virgin. And he takes her out and he has this contract for her that says, hey, if you want to be part of my life, you will, A, let me do whatever you I want to do to you in this room and B you won't disagree with me or I will punish you until you can't walk and C um, if you do this you can see me on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays and the other four days of the week you can go to the spa to get yourself looking good for me and go shopping for lingerie to wear in that room with me and D if you break any part of this contract you're not going to be walking for a week and so I read that far in the book and I thought oh my gosh this is just pure abuse like that is just domestic violence and abuse And I just couldn't understand why any woman could handle that. And I just don't want my daughter being raised in a world where there's abuse like that and where she thinks that's okay. Yeah. You know what's funny is that when when you and I had lunch last week and you told me that that that's what you had read so far, I had not heard that anywhere. You know, I think think it's not being brought up because I think a lot of people who are talking against it haven't read it. Okay. 
I think they're saying, you know, it's erotica, and it probably is. I haven't read that far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I haven't heard it either. Well, I told you, and I am not embarrassed to say this, but I was in the library when it was, I mean, I guess it's still, I don't know when I was there. My whole family was at the library, so we're all looking around at books we're going to get, and I see it on a shelf. I know exactly what it is, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to open this up to a page and see what is all the fuss about. And so I just randomly opened it up in the middle of wherever, I don't even remember what page it was or anything, and started reading. And I started feeling like feelings that I should not be feeling unless I'm with my husband. Like, I know that's a lot to admit, but it's the truth. And so, I mean, I closed it and I went and told Aaron, I was like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. So that's all I know about it is um, the two paragraphs that I read, which right now I couldn't even tell you what I read. You know, it was just whatever. But and then what I've seen on TV, but there has been tons of controversy within the Christian circles about this book. Um, a lot. A lot. And I think where I stand on it, granted, I haven't read it. So I can't stand against this book because I haven't read it. But yet I can stand against it. Like if you're, if you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter what you do. You like have, it doesn't, I don't, I'm not concerned with that. If you are someone that says they follow Jesus and they're a Christ follower, I don't, I can stand and say, I don't think it's something that you should read. Like, I think that it is basically like pornography and putting stuff in your head that God never intended for you to think about anyone else except for your husband. Do you agree? I, I really do agree. But interestingly, on exactly what you just said, I've had a lot of pushback to me on this topic. Um, I've written a blog post about it and people have not liked it. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with having people push back. But 95% of the pushback I've had has been from Christians saying that, you know, it's a love story and she changes him and, you know, we can't be judgmental of people's choices in literature. And that's been a little bit fascinating to me because I've had a lot of positive feedback from my friends who aren't Christians. Mm. Um, I was talking to three of my friends the other day on the phone and these are wonderful women, but they're not in the Christian world at all. In fact, they're quite on the opposite end of the spectrum. And I, I love being friends with people like that. They make me think and they make me um, really consider things. And all three of them have read the book and all three of them were planning to re- go to the movie. Mm-hmm. And they said to me when they read my blog post that the thing that struck them is they hadn't thought about it from the feminist point of view that this could be abuse and that we don't want women thinking that if they're in an abusive relationship, they could stay and hope it gets better mm-hmm. because I want women to go to police if they're being right. abused. Right. But my non-Christian friends, three of them said, we hadn't thought of that, and now we can't go see the movie because we don't want to be supporting abuse. Uh-huh. And I think it's interesting that so many Christians are really adamantly supporting it, and I think a lot of non-Christians actually aren't. Hmm. That is interesting. And I I mean, I think that, like I said, my stand is, I don't even say I want to take a stand against this particular book. I mean, although I don't, but I just don't think that as Christians, we should read this type of literature. You know what I mean? And so, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know personally, and this may, maybe I live in some really sheltered circles, which I don't think that I do that much. I don't know anyone that's read it, which actually the truth is, I probably do know people that have read it. I just don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, read it on their Kindle and aren't talking about it because it is controversial. Yeah. But um, I know quite a few people who have read it, and I know quite a I mean, I have had some people, like, this is a hill that some people are willing to die on, on both sides. Mm -hmm. And it's not a hill that I'm willing to die on, but I am willing to say that any kind of literature, this book or any, like you said, if 
it's demeaning towards women or demonizing towards men. I feel like there's the other side of this issue is that like this man is made to look so evil. And there are very, very many men out there who are wonderful and respectful and kind and we're hurting them too in this. And so I just, any book that does that, I don't want my daughter to be reading and I don't want to read. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I just think it's like leans towards the line of like, like, again, I haven't read it, so I don't know how I can even take a stand against it besides what I know. But I do know it's erotica, right? I mean, that's that's not and that's not a secret. You don't have to read it to know that, right? Is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Right. And I didn't read past the place with this contract. I didn't read past that because I was really upset that she even considered signing it. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, but I do know that the book is full of erotica, and yeah. I personally don't agree with erotica. But like you said, like for someone who's not a Christian. That is something that we aren't, I mean, I can't necessarily take a stand on someone who's not a Christian reading erotica because I just don't think that that's... It's not a big deal. Who cares? Like, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's no, their, their moral compass is not the same as ours. Exactly. They have but a moral compass. I can't take a stand on, the, on abuse. Right. They have a moral violence, compass. Right. It's just not the same as ours. Exactly. And so. they're, I mean, they've allowed themselves to do those things. And I don't, I mean, I can't judge that. No, not at all. Not at all. Um... But I saw that you wrote a post about, did you really overhear some teenagers say they were going to see it? I actually did. Um, four of them, girls, high schoolers. And so they're actually high schoolers that I know because I happen to be in the community and um, it's the school that my kids go to. So, Oh. Um, I actually, that letter that I wrote on my moms? blog. Do you know their moms? Um, I do. So the letter I wrote on my blog was actually the letter I wrote to their moms. Oh, you did that. You sent that to their moms. Yes, but then my friend told me I should put it on my blog, and I was like, you know what, maybe I should, which I still regret a little because I wrote the letter out of this really emotional place because I was so worried about these girls, Mm -hmm. and I've had a lot of backlash for that, and I'm okay with backlash, but um, I probably should have maybe paused before I posted it because it was maybe a little bit more emotional than it should have been. Okay. How did the moms handle it? The moms handled it fantastically. I was super impressed. Um, They... um, and I don't know all the moms. I actually sent the letter to the whole school. Um, I sent it to the principal. Who hey, sent it to the whole let school. me tell you this. If anyone's listening and you know my kids and you hear them talk about something like this, do not be afraid to come tell me. Like, wouldn't you want to know? I would want to know. Yeah, and I would too. want to know so I could do something about it. And Yes. You know, I thought, it was, I thought the moms were going to be angry at their kids. Uh-huh. And I, I was kind of intrigued. I've heard their responses have been really cool. One of the families, and it wasn't... I don't know if it was even one of the families who, um, whose daughter was involved in this. It was just a family whose daughter went to the school, but they felt like maybe she was exposed. They planned this like really sweet, romantic daddy daughter Valentine's day mm-hmm. that was like, really like, you know, I'm going to take you out to a nice dinner and I got reservations. And I was like, what a great re- response. Not like, I can't believe you could even consider this or not even like, are you doing this? But like, Hey, I would like to spend time with you here. Let's go together. Yeah. That's really good. I want to remember that no matter what our kids do, this aside, if they're all going to make stupid choices because they're kids and we made stupid choices and we still make stupid choices. But I want to remember when my kids do something so completely idiotic and dumb to not just, oh my gosh, what were you thinking? I cannot believe this. But instead, like meet them where they are and find in their hearts and like, because I think that they'll be more, they'll remember that and they'll. They, they want to be led. Kids really do, you know, and I so agree. we can lead them well or we can shame them for the decisions that they make. And so good job. Good job to those parents. That's for sure. I thought so too. When they told me that that's what they were doing, I was like, that's pretty awesome. And you know what? Um, I honestly believe that these girls who were planning it and I don't know if they still are or what, 
I believe that they were doing it because it is intriguing. I, I'm intrigued by the trailer. Yes. Like, I think we all are. And yes. I think they didn't realize, they didn't have the time or the thought process to contemplate the ramifications. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I picked it up in the library and read a page. It's so intriguing. And I'm 36, you know? And so I agree that they, and, and here's a wake-up call, too, to parents to think that your daughter doesn't want to see it. You need to talk to her about it. I can't watch a TV show without a preview coming on, you know? So if I had a teenage daughter in the house, it would be something that I would need to address, even if I thought, there's no way that she's going to go see that. She's 15. Well, she might see the commercials, and they look they do, they do look intriguing. Right. Well, and there's also, I mean, I don't want to say peer pressure, but, like, this was a Christian conservative school, but, you know, one kid thinks, huh, I'm interested in it, and suddenly they're like, hey, let's do this. It'll be fun. It's not going to hurt. It's just a movie. And yeah. suddenly everybody else is like, you're right. It's just a movie. And it go, it happens real fast. Yeah, I hear you. And that, those are hard to, I mean, as adults, we have to make those decisions. I mean, I read the book um, Gone Girl, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think it had abuse in it now that I'm thinking about it. But I don't even this is This is the thing about me, Erin, as well. I read books, and I can't even remember the characters' names in them. I cannot remember much about them. I am just... I'm not a very good reader, I guess. See, and I, I am, and I love to read. And I mean, like, Gone Girl. I loved Gone Girl. Did it have abuse in it? You know, it, it could have. And you're totally right. And, like, you're right. There's always that line. Um, and I can't even remember. there was also a lot of language in it. But I then I bought Jillian Flynn's next book, and it definitely had abuse in it. Uh -huh. And it was very disturbing. And you know what? I, I read it as well. I had some nightmares over it. And I'm, oh, like, I'm 36 years old. And... We have to remember that. Like, mm -hmm. these things affect us deeply. Yeah. These are stories, and our hearts connect to yeah. stories. Yeah, And so I did not go see the movie Gone Girl. Um, I haven't seen it either. I wanted to see it so badly. I was so excited for it to come out because I really enjoyed the book, you know, the mystery of it all. And I heard there were some scenes in there that were a little too much. And so I found myself even going, man, I wish no one would have told me so I could have gone and seen it. But then after I had been told, I was like, I think I should not go. I mean, I just kind of felt that sensing in my heart we call that the holy spirit and and so i didn't see it you know but i wanted to you know really bad and i didn't but these are, these are hard decisions to make. So like hard i wrote i wrote a blog post for a guest post with the release of this book about how hard it is to sometimes do the right thing i was telling the story about when i was in college and there was this van me dance and they had it was like a dance at the college but one person who entered, you got a ticket as you entered, they drew their name, and that person got to choose five friends, and then they vanned them away for the whole weekend to this, like, really fancy resort. This is like a broke college student's dream. Like, you get, yeah. like, food and hot tub and, like, a free hotel. But I'm waiting for the but. But, so my, my best friend won. And, of course, she chose me to go along. And I had a huge, huge exam on that Monday. And I remember being like, I'm going. And then I'm like, but I'm paying for college, and I need to do the right thing. Anyway, I stayed, and it was horrible, um, and I was mad the whole weekend, and I was like, doing the right thing is always the hard thing, and it's never fun, and I think a lot of times doing the right thing, like not going to these movies or not reading the book, is really the hard thing, but there's still another but to this. Um, Kathy and I have been talking so much about sex and romance, and I'm coming back to our book. Like, we actually can do the right thing when it comes to like sex and our marriages, and it's actually the fun thing, and that... All of this energy and thought and all that that's going into these, like, you know, like watching, wanting to watch Fifty Shades of Grey because it has this, like, passion and romance mm -hmm. and all that. 
what if we pour that into our husbands yeah. and like really had a strong relationship with them? So we're kind of saying, hey, why don't you, instead of going to watch someone else have sex on Valentine's Day, yeah. go home and have awesome sex on your own. Yeah. yeah. Doing the right thing is actually the fun thing in this case. Right. I agree. And you know, we do so much at our house to guard our marriage. I mean, I think the longer I'm married and the older I get, I feel like if you do not guard your marriage, it you're going to have something's going to come into it and hurt you. I mean, I just, I I think that guarding your marriage is so important. And, and we do things like to guard Aaron's eyes. So I need to guard my, maybe not even my eyes, but my head. You know, like Aaron's out of town all week. What if I just curled up on the couch and just really like dove into an erotic book? Well, I wouldn't even need Aaron when he got back because I had just had this whole little experience by myself when he was gone, you know? And exactly. so I think that is where it can get really, especially if someone's in a marriage that is a little rocky and maybe they're not in the best phase of life that they've been in. We've all had those. We can all, I've had it. You've had it. We've all had those yeah. times where we're like, this is a hard year. We've had some hard years in our 13 years of marriage. And so how easy would it be for me to just run to something else to fulfill that void? But then, yeah. but then it never does fill it. You know, it never does fill it. It doesn't, Phil. And I think you're right. It's easy to fall into that. And I think that's the trap of pornography and all these things. Yeah. It, um, we think it's it's an easy void. It's an easy filler for that void, but it's not the right one. Yeah. You know, we were ta- when we interviewed women on this on our book, we kept talking to them about it. And one of the groups said, my friends have planned this, like, girls' night book club where they go out and they talk about Fifty Shades of Grey together. And... Um, one of the women said to us, she said, it would be like if my husband came to me and said, hey, I'm going to the gym right now. And you said, okay, cool. I'm going with, you know, John and Joe, and we're going to look at these Victoria's Secret catalogs, and we're going to talk about what it would be like to be having sex with these women. Yeah. You're cool with that, right? Yeah. And I don't think there's any woman in the world who would be like, yeah, go ahead. Have fun, honey, at the gym. Mm-hmm. Yet we're doing the same thing to our husbands. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah, it is so hard. I'm looking for... Um, in the middle, we're in our church right now in the middle of a sexual sin series, which I just leave every Sunday. And I'm just so proud of our staff and our elders and our teachers that are taking this on, you know, um, it's, tough. it's a tough topic. It is so tough. And I was actually not in the service last Sunday cause I was teaching in kids, but they talked about pornography. And so I'm excited to go back and listen to that. And I'll put a link here to get that as well. So Matt, we're doing the sexual sin series. And a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about the sermon was basically just, is sexual sin a big deal? Like, is it a big deal? And he's talking to Christians the entire time. He's like, is it a big deal? And yes, it is. And he said, sexual sin will always fall short. At best, it will not satisfy you. And at worst, it will destroy you. And I thought that is so true because the whole industry of porn it is something that people have to keep going back, back and forth to because you're never fully satisfied by it. And I think that women can fall into that trap as well with porn and erotic stuff. Yeah. I agree. Wow. That's a really good quote. Read it again. Sorry. You probably put it away, but read it again. Sexual sin will always fall short. He said at best, it will not satisfy you. And at worst, it will destroy you. Yeah. So true. And I mean, I think of a lot of people, that I know who have been unsatisfied by porn, but I think of quite a few who have been destroyed by it. And we just have to guard ourselves. And like, to me, it's, it's about myself. It really is. But I also have this, like, every time I think about it, I think about my sons and my daughter and like how I want them to have their future marriages to be. And I cannot, I just can't 
fathom the idea of them being stuck in an abusive relationship or in a relationship where they're being forced to turn to these things. And I just have to do everything I can. And obviously it has to be God yeah, to yeah. stop it. And, you know, um, I, I would be remiss to not say that this is not just a man issue. Um, this is the pornography that there are many women that struggle with this. Um, I totally agree. I feel like men have been like, I feel like the bigger issue is, is that men are so demonized by it. Like, like, I mean, you hear that a man's addicted to porn and you're just like, Oh, you're done. And women, it's almost allowed. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's not even talked about. So you just don't think about it. And I also want people to know and hear me. And I know that you would say this as well, that, that it is addictive, but there is so much redemption. Like God is not one that cannot pull you out of that pit, you know, and it could be a struggle your husband or you, you may struggle with this for the rest of your life, but I feel like it's the fight. That's what is the mark of a true believer is they're, they're fighting. Not that they're perfect, not that they never fall, but it's just that they're fighting. And so I think as a generation, as women, I think we need to stand up and say, we're going to fight against this. And we're not going to let this take down me, my husband, my family, my kids. We're not going to let it. I totally agree. And I have to, I agree with you on the fight. Two of the men that I respect more than anyone else in the world as like church leaders and pastors have both confessed very publicly a porn addiction or some problems with sexual sin. And then they have shared very publicly their fight to come back. And I can't tell you how much I respect them and how much grace God has given them to really like empower other men. And you're exactly right. This is not something that will destroy your life. No. If you're fighting against it, it's something that will destroy your life if you allow it and you make excuses for it. Yeah. And I have friends that have, that are married and happily married and love Jesus with everything. And it's a struggle for the husband and man, it is hard for the wife, but she is, she fights for her husband and she does not demoralize him or she's not hate him or withhold herself from him. I mean, she is like, I am in this with you. And that right there, I love watching that because that is the essence of grace and persevering with your spouse to the end. It, I'm so proud of them. So yes, exactly. Yes. Um, but it's a funny story. You know, I worked at the radio station here in town a couple of years ago and flippantly, I had told them one day, this is so crazy is that, okay, Aaron used to get men's health magazine. Okay. So I told them, not on air or anything, just ran. I don't even know how it came up, but I told them that when the magazine comes to the house, I'd go through it first and tear out all of the, I mean, cause there's some provocative pictures in there, right? It would be like soft, very soft, very soft porn. I mean, it's just, well, I don't need my man looking at that because I don't look like that. We don't need that. So I would go through and tear out the pages. Aaron knew it was kind of funny, kind of a joke. It wasn't like I was like, oh, hold on. Let me be your mom and tear these pages <laughs> out before I give. You know what I mean? It turned into something kind of funny, but it was true as well. Like I also didn't want that laying around for my nine-year-old boy to pick up and see. Exactly. So I told them this and they all laughed. And then they said, can we talk about this on air? And I was like, sure. And I had no idea what the backlash would be from this. I'm telling you, and this was in a Christian radio station. People called me, they, they felt sorry for Aaron. They said that I was like ruining his life, that I was controlling. Um, women called in and they're like, on my husband's birthday, I take him to, out to a strip, whatever, what do you call it? Strip bar. Um, my husband gets Playboy every month. It helps our sex off. I mean, I literally was leaving there like, what the heck is happening in this world? I mean, it was I'm shocked and I like, like crazy. Why are, why are women thinking like, you're exactly right. I don't like. I don't want my man looking at these other pictures. And why is that a bad thing? You guys are married. Yes. And uh, it was. It was just. 
we laugh about it. I mean, for me, I don't care. I will protect my marriage to the end. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever. I don't care if you laugh at me. And I'm not being controlling. If I was looking at Aaron saying, I, because he, he's for it as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, he wants to protect himself yeah, too. so it's a two-way street. It's not that Aaron is like, dang, I wish she didn't get that magazine before I did. You know, it's not like that. So I just remember being completely like, there are people out there that buy their husband Playboy magazines. Oh my gosh. I couldn't believe it. So like, do you think these, like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. And obviously like, I have a different opinion and I'm okay with this. Like, do you think they're just thinking this is what my husband wants? So I want to do it. Or do you think they're like, okay with it? I think this, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely transparent and honest here before I was following Jesus. Um, in my relationships, these things would not have been odd to me. They wouldn't have been? No, it would have been, it would not have been a big deal. It would have been as I would have looked at it as like, oh, this is enhancing our relationship or whatever that stuff that they say. So I get it because I used to not follow Jesus and date. I'll say that. And so now it doesn't make sense to me, but it's because I have a different worldview. I have, I don't live in darkness anymore. I walk in the light. Like my marriage is, is like, you know, it's special. It's just for us. But Aaron, honestly, previously to walking with Jesus, these wouldn't have been a big deal to me either. So I guess I shouldn't be so surprised, you know? Okay. It's just, the the thing that surprised me is when it's Christians. Let's just say that. That's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. It's just sad. And like I said, it panics me about my, um. Our kids. Yeah. I just don't want them growing up in a culture that values these things. I know. Okay, so we have talked about some pretty heavy stuff here, and I hope that I, – I don't know if anyone's offended that they're listening to us. Maybe. Maybe not. They can email us, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope not. I hope we've been – I mean, I I hope I, – I really want to work hard to, like, not be judgmental because I try to understand, and, like, I do understand that everyone's coming from a different place and a different perspective, but I also want to be really protective of, like you said, like, my marriage and my family and my kids. Yeah. It's a hard balance to strike. So let's hope we haven't made anyone mad. I know. It is. I want to stand in the truth. And the truth is, I don't believe that you should look or read or watch or listen to things that would interfere with your marriage. But I also want to have grace that if someone is, what if they are following Jesus and they are in this and they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Like, I want, there's grace there. You're not the worst person in the world. Believe me, you know? Well, and like, I mean, some of my closest friends think completely different from me and do things that I would not personally do, but that doesn't mean I don't love them and respect them and think they're wonderful people. And I just, I think it's one of those things where I'm trying to say how I feel and what I think, but that doesn't necessarily mean I dislike people who don't agree with me. Right. Perfectly said. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now you like to read. I like to read. You like to read, right? I love to read. I'm obsessive. Yeah. I knew that you did. And so what are you reading right now? You know, right now I'm reading a book that was written by one of my friends. It's called Rooms, and it is very intriguing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it came out a long time ago, but it's very good. And what's it about? Oh, did you tell me about this or someone else? Go on, carry on. I don't think I did. Um, You know, it's this really weird, like, sci-fi. It's about this young guy from Seattle, and he gets inherits this house that has all these rooms that help walk him through his past and find redemption. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. It's by James Rubart. to check that out i'm reading a book called um women are scary by um i think her name is melanie dale okay i i think you did tell me about this i need to get that one too i is it a memoir 
Well, no, it's coming out in May, I believe. And it is kind of like, you know, you have kids and then how do you make friends with mommies as friends? You know, I mean, it sounds weird, but I'm reading it. I'm like, oh yeah, that is hard. Cause you know, you go, you see them at baseball practice and you're like, I'm only going to see you for nine weeks. So we really need to be friends. But she's talking about the different ways. Anyhow, it's good. Sounds good. Yeah. I can read it. Okay. So I found this article about 21 books to read before they hit the big screen in 2015. I saw that and it looked, okay. I kind of want to read most of them. Well, other than 50 Shades of Grey, we already established that. We've gone there. But I want to know if you've read it. Okay, number one is Still Alice. I hadn't read it, but I was literally just looking at that and thinking, I need to get that. I have heard about this and want to read it. And I believe that um, Julianne Moore has won some awards for this already. So that intrigues me. Really? Yeah. Okay, the next one is the Mordecai Trilogy. You know, I haven't read very many of these, so I'm probably going to have more that I haven't, but I should read them more. I have not. What about you? I haven't read it either, but I actually, the movie's already out, and Johnny Depp is in it, but I have not heard good reviews about the movie, so I don't know what that oh, means. Oh, you haven't? Mm-mm. Johnny Depp, I, I like him. You do? Yeah, he's just cute. Yeah. Oh, he looks interesting in this picture. I'm yeah, just looking he, at the cover. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it, so there you go. Okay, the next one is Where Rainbows End. I also have not read that, but I have read P.S. I Love You, which is the same author. Oh, the cover on, you're looking, we both can see this. The cover of this book looked like it was written in 1965. I was just going to say, it looks like, um, like my daughter got into Photoshop and found like little sparkles and ribbons. I'm sorry that this is what they came up with. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, because I do judge a book by its cover. I'm just going to be honest. I, I do, too. I mean, you know what? A lot of publishers, I'm finding, have kind of, like, cut back on their covers because I haven't been super thrilled with many of my book covers recently, although I do love my my cover for Hot Mama. but And you know what I didn't know, as I've gleaned more author friends over the past couple of years, is that sometimes you don't have a say in that. You really, I mean, I don't know if it's sometimes. I've um, published nine books with a publisher, and I've never had much say. Really? Like, they'll listen to you. You, you can say, hey, could we tweak this color or whatever? But, like, ultimately... It's their decision. Okay. They're the one. Okay. Well, this one, I would never pick this book up. So there you go. Well, yeah, because it looks... It looks cheesy. It does. Honestly, this is going to sound really bad. It looks like a teen Christian book, and that's awful for me to say. It does. That was really mean. Okay, the next but one... But it really does, and I'm surprised. I mean, like, I looked at it, and I was like, I'm surprised this book was made into a movie, but obviously it's good, and I did like P.S. I Love You, so See, obviously... So there you go. Um, the next one is The Last Apprentice, and this does not look like anything I would ever read or watch. You? Me too. No, I was like, huh, this looks very, I don't know what it looks I like. I don't know what yes, the genre no. is, but it doesn't look like what I would read. Yeah. Although Jeff Bridges is in the movie, and I kind of like him. Yeah, he's, I like him too. And Julianne Moore, I like her. Yeah, me too. Okay, next one, Fifty Shades of Grey. I think that we both are on the same page about not reading or seeing that one. <laughs> Yep. Yep. We're done. Although, um, the guy that stars in this movie, what's his name? Um, Jamie Dornan. Yes. He is, uh, I think he is in the fall, which is on Netflix. Oh so, yeah. Huh. Okay. The next one is the duff. Um, I have not seen it, but I really like Mae Whitman from Parenthood. Oh, so I'd be interested. Although it's called the designated ugly fat friend. So maybe not. That seems weird. Yes. Now, is this, do you, do you know, is this a um, young adult book? No? I have no idea. Like, yeah, I have not read it. From the cover. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. 
Amazon yeah. gives it 4.3 out of 5 stars. So there you go. Okay. And do you like Mae West? I mean, like, she's awesome, right? Or am I the only one? No, I like her a lot, too. Did you watch Parenthood? Yes. I loved it. Okay, I haven't finished it, so... I will not tell you. We can't but. talk about it. Which I can't believe I haven't gone back and finished it. But I'm kind of waiting for Aaron to get home so we can just cry on the couch together. Yeah, I mean, you got to finish it. And I won't spoil it, but I love my Western Parenthood. Okay. Um, next is Dead Stars, Maps of the Stars by Bruce Wagner. Uh, also, no. I'm like the worst person to be talking to about these because so far we're on number seven and I haven't read any of them. I haven't either. But this one right here, speaking of covers, does that not look like a romance novel cover? Yes, it kind of does. Like, if, if they just, like, enhanced a man in the back with long hair on a horse, it would look like that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, and this whole, like, just words on a cover is kind of, I don't know, I feel like they're doing that a lot, but it kind of looks boring. It looks like... thing. Yeah. We should pick at the end of this our best cover of what we would read. Okay. Having this conversation. Okay, um, the next one is In the Heart of the Sea. The I have also not read it. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't think I've read any of these, but... Um, well, I've read the next one. I'm going to get one. Oh, okay, good. Okay, we'll move on in just a second. So this one is a story that inspired Moby Dick. Oh. It doesn't look like a book I would read, so. It doesn't either to me. No. Or the movie. Okay, the next one is Insurgent. You've read that, right? Is this, what number is this? It's, I don't know whether it's number two or three, but oh, it's one of them. It's the second book. Okay. I believe I read this. I don't think I read the third one is what happened. I think I just kind of lost track. Did okay. you like it? I I liked the first and the second better than the third. Okay. Um, I mean, they're not my very favorite, but I did like them. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, once again, I read them. I cannot tell you what happened in this book. If you even, I, there's no, I couldn't even tell you the character's name. I mean, I read it, but I just, yeah. Okay. The next one is Serena by Ron Rash. I have not read it, but it does look either. pretty interesting. It looks very interesting to me, and Bradley Cooper's in it, and I like Bradley Cooper. Uh, and Jennifer Lawrence. They are, are they in every movie together? Is that like a thing they have? It must be. I just saw that, and I was like, huh, this is interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. They have so many. Okay, the next one is The Longest Ride by Nicholas Sparks. Again, no. Do you read Nicholas Sparks? You know, I have a long, long time ago, but he's not one of those authors that I, like, read every one. Yeah. Talk about making a trillion dollars. I bet Nicholas Sparks. Yes. Like, when I was being sarcastic earlier about yeah. authors making a trillion dollars, Except he actually Nicholas might be the right one. Yeah. Did you hear him and his wife are getting a divorce? What? That's sad. That seems ironic to me, too. Yeah. Anyhow, I probably won't read it, but yeah, I have I probably a friend who reads every single Nicholas Sparks book. Really? Yes. She loves them. Okay. Um, the next one is The Moon and the Sun, which this doesn't look like anything I would ever pick up. I know. I'm looking at this this cover, and again, it could be a good book, but the cover would turn me off. Me I don't even understand it. I don't either. It looks like a fish and a horse. And... Yeah, I don't get it. Pierce Brosnan's in it. Um, the next one is Child 44. Is this a Stalin Soviet Union? I was going to say it looks like a World War II novelist. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like kind of like a, a mystery as well. I don't think I would read it either. Yeah, I don't know that I would. Uh, the next one is Far From the Matting Crown. So, I I mean, I'm sure I read this in high school because it's classic literature, but I don't really remember what it was about. Okay, I've never even heard of it. But the cover looks like it's classic literature. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those classics that has, you know, the old covers from, yes. they put on all, the, all of the ones that are, like, public domain. Yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about that. Okay, the next one is Paper Towns by John Green. 
Again, I was intrigued by this one when I saw the cover, but um, I haven't read it. I was intrigued by it as well, but then I haven't heard that good of reviews. I read, have you read any John Green books? No. I read The Fault in Our Stars when that all came out. I have I read, read that one. Just kidding. Okay. It's young adult, you know. Yeah, it's, it's easy, easy read. read. I didn't, didn't realize read. that was him. Yeah, easy read. And I did cry in The Fault in Our Stars. So, I did too. Yeah. Did you see the movie? I did not. Okay. It's a crier too. Well, I felt like the Falcon Dark Stars. One thing about John Green, who I didn't know his name until a few minutes ago, is it was beautifully written. He's a good writer. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Okay, the next one is The Scorch Trials. Again, I have not read it, and it doesn't look like something I would want to read. I don't either. But I have heard, it says it's the second second book in the Maze Runner series. I have heard of that series. But again, it doesn't look like something I would ever read. Yeah, I don't think I would. Okay, Black Mass. I actually thought I would watch this movie. I did too. I was just reading the description and the book. I, wow. I'm interested in this one. Yeah. It's and, good. And your boy Johnny Depp's in it. There you go. Except is he wearing something weird? Like, is that is that picture of him? Yeah, it has it. It says that, um, it, it says it's a compelling read, but what's more interesting is the wig Johnny Depp is sporting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm glad that I saw that too. Yeah. So it's about an FBI agent and the leader of an Irish mob. And so I like movies like that. So it'll be fun. Yeah, I'd like, I'm interested in that one. Okay, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. I've read the book. I don't know that I'd want to go see the movie, but maybe. I read the book in in high school, but I don't think I would want to see the movie either. Yeah. Okay, then The Jungle Book. Again, I've read the book. I could, I mean, I could do that movie. That sounds interesting. I've never read the book. You haven't? No. Oh. Is it something I need to? I mean, I like classic literature, so, I mean, I don't think it's, like, life-changing. I mean, it's just a good classic book. Okay. Uh, number 20 is Mocking Jay. Okay, I've, I've read that one. You've read that one, right? Yes, I've read this, that series, yeah. And so, actually, Erin and I have enjoyed these movies. We kind of watch them when they come out on TV or pay-per-view, whatever it's called, after. And we like them. Do you like the movies? Uh-huh, I really do. I, I'm glad I read the books first just because I always like the book better. But yeah. I thought they were well done. I have uh, – my two of my kids are in fourth grade. Okay, well, I even have I, – I may be kind of prudish here and whatever – but my oldest son's in fifth. And some of his friends have read these. Yeah, I have a, my, a couple of my sons have read them too. Son's Your sons have? have? Not my sons, my son's friends. Okay, do you think they're um, a little old? I'm So I, I think my son, my nine-year-old son, could read them. Okay. I feel like the content would make him have nightmares or get upset. And I don't really want, like, I don't really want him thinking like that. So yeah. that's why, I mean, I would want to wait till he was a little bit more able to process that. Yeah, that's what I think too. I just, like, I don't think it's, like, it's not, like, Fifty Shades of Grey where I feel like there's, like, an issue of, like, no, morals. No, no, no. It's more just, like, I don't want him to be upset. Yeah. And are you ready to process that it's a book and, you know, I mean, because it's kids killing each other. That's kind of weird if you think about it. It is. Well, my, like, my son, my son's reading a book about um, someone who was kidnapped by Indians, like, in the 1700s. Uh-huh. And he was really upset last night about, well, do people still get kidnapped? Uh-huh. How do they make sure no one gets kidnapped? And I'm, like... Him making that jump shows me that he's not ready for the Hunger yes. Games because yes. same thing. Yeah, what if it happens? Worse, right? How old is your oldest? Nine. Okay, my eleven-year-old just read a book that he really liked, and it was the um, young adult version of Unbroken. Oh, yeah. It it was really I loved that book, and so when I saw that, I thought it was perfect. Okay, I might get that for him. Okay, the next one, number twenty-one, is The Martian. I've also never read it okay I haven't read it either but I've heard about it from several people and they say it's really good it kind of makes me nervous because it's kind of sci-fi-ish 
But this astronaut, who I believe is played by Matt Damon, gets left on Mars. Okay, that sounds cool. And then, but then, like, I think it's kind of memoir. It's a novel, obviously, but then it's his story. So I've actually heard really good things about the book. So I might try to pick that up before I see the movie. I I kind of want to read that now, too. And we have until November 27th, so we can handle it. (laughs) I can read. I can handle it by then. Okay, yeah. So there's a few I want to read on this list. Yeah. So, and a few that I could definitely go without. Yeah, I mean, there's some that I'm just not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But this is a good list. You yeah. make, sure, make sure to put it on the podcast page because I need to be able to reference it. I will. And, you know, you know, I can't save it. It's just a, a stupid BuzzFeed thing, you know, but it's there. Oh, Aaron, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been really fun. I feel like we talked about like so many things and we did. We but did. it was awesome. These are the kind of shows that sometimes um, I am a very transparent person for sure. Like, I. I'm like that. But these are the kind that I'm like, Erin, can you listen to this sentence that I said right here? Is this going to be okay for the whole world to hear? You know, I just want to make sure. I do too. And I feel that same way about it. But I also have to realize that like, even though it may not be popular, I'm willing to take a stand on some things. There are certain hills Mm -hmm. I'm willing to fight on. But um, yeah, I just have to be careful. That's an encouragement because I heard someone say something the other day. um, You know what? I think it was even Jen, um, or Jen Hatmaker wrote a post about writing the other day. Did you happen uh-huh. to read that? I didn't, but I will. Well, here's what's funny is you and I had lunch, and um, you just encouraged the daylight out of me. So you and I had lunch, and I left like, oh, my gosh, like, I can do something. And then Jen wrote this post about writing and writing a book. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can do this. But one of the things that she put in there is that um, – and I'm going to, like, butcher her words here or something, but she talked about – Talking about things that you believe in, even if it's controversial. Like, if people aren't, if there aren't some people that are against what you're saying, then you're not really writing anything. Exactly. And so that's hard for me because I'm a big people pleaser. But I agree. I don't think that everyone's going to agree with everything that we said today, and that's okay. Right. And well, and like my co-author Kathy says, don't fight on Batman underwear hill. Like, your kid is fighting to wear Batman underwear, and you want them to wear Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle underwear. Mm-hmm. That's a ridiculous thing to fight on. But you need to fight on the hill that you are really willing to fight for. And yeah. so you don't fight on everything. Yeah. But the few things that you're willing to, you have to be passionate about them and be willing to say them. So that's kind of how I feel about all this. So basically, I'm fighting on have sex with your husband hill. I like that hill. No, I love that. And I'm going to put all kinds of stuff up about y'all's books that you have coming out. Because I think that, I I mean, I think a lot of women, especially in the church are going to be so interested in this because there is this stigma that men love sex and women don't. And I think that it's okay for that to not be true. You know, it is. And you know, I had that, I had this realization. I'm going to tell a story on someone that we both know, but I won't mention her name. Okay. But um, I was like having coffee with my friend and uh-huh. she literally like, we're in the middle of having coffee and she's like, I got to go. And I was like, okay, we have this coffee date planned. And she holds up her phone and her husband had texted her and said nooner. And she left. And at first I was like, why is she leaving hanging out with me for her husband? And then I realized, oh my gosh, how cool is she that she's like willing to do whatever it takes to make her husband, her marriage happen. And I have so much respect for that. And you know what? And you know what? Here's the deal, too, about that. Some people are going to listen to that and be like, well, what if she didn't want to? She should have stayed and had coffee tea. But I know who you're talking about. And so I know that she probably wanted that nooner as much as he did. You know, She did. I mean, yeah. she, was, she was like, I got to go. And I was like, mm-hmm. 
And she did. You know what? That's okay. And it's okay. Like that day I realized it's okay to say, I want to have sex and I want to do this. And that's good. Yeah. So good. And I think that Aaron and I are going to be those, that, um, couple in the house that their kids are like, Oh my gosh, would y'all please stop like talking about this or whatever. Not like that. We're like spilling our beans to our kids, but we're very like open with, we love each other and this is what it is. So you know, my parents were like that, and I still sometimes groan, but um, I also, I appreciate it. I always knew, like, my parents loved each other, and it gives you a lot of stability. Yeah, I hope so. so. But yes, there are times, like, I went over to my parents' house the other day, like, to grab something at, like, nine at night, and my dad's like, why are you at the door? It's naked movie night. And I was like, are you kidding okay. me? Like, leave me alone. <laughs> You're like, that's way too much information if that really exists. This is too much, Dad. Yeah, it's like, and I don't want to know. I will leave you alone in the evenings from now on, but seriously... Oh my gosh. See, the things that happen though when all your kids leave the house. I mean, you can have naked movie night if you want. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I would get caught. Hot? Caught. Okay. Like, I would have a, one child would come down and get a drink of water or something. No, I mean, when all your kids leave the house, like they're all in college and stuff. Right, exactly. That's the only time I can do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So funny. Okay. Erin, thanks for joining me. This is so fun. It was. And. Fun. Okay, randomly enough, I know that y'all told me this because I joined y'all on your podcast the other day that y'all had to change your name. We did have to change our name. Have you changed it yet? Because that's how I searched for you online to look for the podcast was, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the thing. Here, it was here's the thing, but now it's um, a new name. I'm not sure. I think this might be the week we've changed our name. Okay. And you had to change it because Alec Baldwin already has a podcast like that. Exactly. And I, like, I love that. Like, it's my favorite thing that's ever happened to me. Well, not ever, but close, that Alec Baldwin sent me a cease and desist. Um, I told you, I want a cease and desist letter for something because that means you're doing something right. Or you're doing something that, like, somebody wants that name and they already have it. Like, it just means, like, oh, yeah. I got exactly. a letter from Alec Baldwin's company. So. Exactly. So it's very exciting. But, yes, we had to change the name. But someday we'll be changed up there. So fun. Okay. All right. Erin, you're the best. Thank you. It was good talking to you. Bye, Jamie. Guys, thanks so much for joining Aaron and I on this happy hour. We talked about a lot of heavy stuff, and so um, I hope you stuck with us through it all, and I hope you enjoyed the book recommendations. What I just want you to hear from my heart is there's a lot of talk about Fifty Shades of Grey going on from inside the church and outside of the church, and I just want you to hear me say that I just, I really believe that marriage is something to be valued, and I don't think that this type of media... Um, is something that we should put in our heads or bring into our marriage. And that's my personal opinion. Um, but I do think that the Bible is pretty clear about guarding our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our marriages. And so that's where I stand. And I hope that you, um, even if you disagree, that you can say, I commend you from where you stand. And that is fine. So anyhow, thanks for joining so much. Thank you for Slum Love for sponsoring this post. You can go to slumlove.com and check out their sweaters. It's freezing in Austin today. And so... I'm going to go get my slum love sweater out. But thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I love your comments. If you love the show, I'd love for you to subscribe over on iTunes so you can get it in your mailbox, your email box every single week. I want to say a couple shout outs. Number one, Casey Boatwright left a comment on my blog and she said, Jamie, I'm going to start a book club in Tyler for Pine Cove Wives and anyone living in these trenches. Maybe we'll call it the happy hour complete with mimosas. Casey, I love that idea. So have fun with your book club. I love book clubs so much. I also want to say a shout out to Emily. She said, Jamie, thank you so much for doing these podcasts. I don't remember how I found them, but I love them so much. 
I'm currently living in India, so it is nice to listen to your podcast and feel like I'm hanging out with sweet and funny and inspiring girlfriends. It definitely helps when I'm missing community, plus y'all keep me up to date on what's happening back in the States. I love this interview, and she's talking about the one I just recently did with Jessica Turner. So thanks again, and keep them coming. Emily, thank you so much for listening. I love your comments. Guys, connect with um, Aaron and I on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talked about today. So hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the happy hour, and I will see you guys next week. Hey there, if you're still listening. Uh, I had someone ask me the other day the name of the song that I play beginning and the end of the show, and it's called I Ain't Coming Home by a band called Homestead. So I'm going to let the song play out all the way to the end. She can enjoy it. Coming home to this